Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about hitting schedules with the help of special guest Keith Bloss of Amiano and Son Construction in Tabernacle, New Jersey. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. Hi everyone, I'm Tim Fowler and welcome to another episode of the Tim Fowler Show. Way back when I was a production manager, uh, scheduling and remodeling was just kind of becoming a thing. I remember getting a copy of Microsoft Projects and going in there and trying to schedule. I think even before that, I used like quarter-inch graph paper, made up schedules, and and tried like crazy to get my field crew to actually use a schedule most of them looked at me and kind of smiled and said, okay, Tim, you know, we'll try. And then, of course, didn't do much about it. Things have changed a lot. And uh, clients are expecting uh, jobs to be finished on time. The expectations are much, much higher, I think, now than they were back then. And we're starting to see how the profitability of jobs are directly tied or is directly tied to the scheduling. So back in 2010, uh, when the recession had really hit my personal income, I went back to work out in the field, and I actually worked as a subcontractor for a company called Rhode Island Kitchen and Bath, uh, obviously in Rhode Island. During the nine or ten months that I worked with them, I completed eight bathroom projects. Now, these were short, relatively short, three weeks, probably four weeks at the most. But I'm here to brag that every single one of them hit the schedule that we had set up. And in general, the schedules were set up four to six weeks before we ever started the job, knowing particularly when the cabinets would be would be coming in. But I had it pretty easy in the sense that I had control over that entire project once it started. So I did the demo, I did the carpentry work, I managed the trade contractors that were coming through, and the company provided me with very, very reliable uh, trade contractors. Uh, It was fantastic to be able to schedule a plumber, and they actually showed up the morning that you expected them to, and they were ready to get the job done. So part of it was also you know what, I want to brag about this later on, so I'm going to make these schedules work. And I think that's what made them work for me. It was that must-do attitude that we really don't have a choice here. Part of it was because when I got done with that job, I was getting on an airplane to fly somewhere to talk about, you know, production. So I knew I had to get done. So as I've thought about training and so forth like that, I've looked at my training on schedules and said, you know what, I need to think about what made me really good at it, and therefore I try to incorporate those things into my uh, training on how to do schedules. So what's exciting about this podcast is we're going to be talking with a project manager from a very urban area in New Jersey that is hitting his schedules. His production manager recommended that we talk to him and say, 
you know, how do you do this? You know, what is it that, that you do? And probably again, making it a little more difficult is they use an all subcontractor uh, model of production. So in other words, instead of like having all the framing and all the trim under control by being in house, they actually sub that all out. So I'm really excited to be talking with him about this real, uh, real world experience that he's having and how does he do, do it? So Steve, with, you know, the work that you've done, What's your experience with schedules? How, how did how did you handle it? Well, they changed a lot uh, during my course in of time in business. As you're just a one to two people, two to three people, um, you know the schedule for me was to keep us on pace. But it was a huge value add for the customer, where they knew exactly what would be happening, and for the subs as well. It became uh, more difficult as we added more subs, subbing out more, and adding more employees. So I'm very excited to talk to Keith about this and, and hear more. So we'll get into it. Keith Blose is a top project manager with Amiano and Sun Construction in Tabernacle, New Jersey. He has been with the company for three years but has had immense experience in construction before joining the team. One of his top accomplishments was becoming a senior project manager through his constant growth and dedication to his clients and their projects. Welcome to the show, Keith. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Hey, this is really exciting. Like I alluded to in the introduction, it's fun to hear from people who are really doing this in the field um, and then either getting some of my ideas reinforced or perhaps even changing some of my ideas. I, I look forward to that. So I guess the first thing I want you to address for us is just when do you as the project manager actually get involved in a project and then relate that to the scheduling side of it. So I generally get in, in involved in these projects around three weeks before the actual uh, job start date. I'll receive the job folders. Um, I usually take them home, review them at home um, to go over them. At that point in time is when I actually start scheduling these jobs out. Um, two weeks before the job starts, we usually go into the office to do a review, and that's with my project man, my production manager, and my sales team to go over any additional items that the client might have addressed with them, just so when we walk in to the pre-con that there's nothing, you know, that that's hidden that I'm going to actually, you know, be blasted by. So um, after we do our in-office review, of the actual contract, yep. we'll have about a week before the project starts. Um, we'll actually meet with the client at their house and we'll do a pre-con review. So okay. again, this is like the third time now going over the actual contract and the scope of work. Um, and, and at this point in time, again, this is the time where I actually speak to the client to get them to, to tell me any of the concerns that might not even have to do with the project at hand, but anything like a neighbor or anything like that. Um, okay. Oh, that being said, um, once we meet with that client, we actually, that's, that's the point in time where like the, the actual sales team hands the baton off to the production side. So that's when I become the, the point of contact from this point out for the rest of the job. Okay, cool. So you've gone over all this information. So do you actually like create the schedule 
that you're going to be using or is there a schedule handed to you from the sales process? No, there's no schedule. All I get is the actual job book, which has, you know, all the materials in it that we're going to be using, which subcontractors we're going to be using. Um, they, uh, they don't give me any schedule. I make the schedule personally. Okay. Um, like I said earlier, as soon as I get that binder, I immediately start going back and making myself, you know, very comfortable with the job at hand. And uh -huh. I produce a schedule and a very aggressive schedule. So how do you do that? Do you use a piece of paper or are you online? Or are you doing uh, templates or how, how does it actually take place that you create the schedule? It's funny. I mean, you say you, you, you hit it on the head before with like writing it down on paper and everything. Okay. And honestly, that's really where it starts because you don't want to start plugging stuff into a computer that you may <laughs> have to do it three or four more times, you know? So I do everything on a paper. I go over it. I go over it. And, you know, after the third time I get everything in line because not every job is the same. So you Correct. may have a bathroom, you may have a 1500 square foot addition. So sometimes you're starting with the Mason with excavating and the other job, you might just be going in and demoing a little bathroom and going right into your mechanicals. Um, so everything really changes with the right. scheduling. So I try to get it done as soon as possible. So when we go to do the review, it's completely done. So when Pete, our production manager, reviews it with me, he can say, oh, you know, maybe we can fit this in up here to make it as tight as we possibly can. So you're always, I'm always trying to be two, three weeks ahead of schedule when, when I'm making that aggressive schedule, because somewhere along the line in remodeling and construction, there's going to be some kind of flaw or, you know, something was damaged in, you know, shipping or, you know, just to keep that timeline. So I'm always hitting my end dates. So then do you guys, so I guess on the job, do you actually use like a computer schedule or do you keep it as a piece of paper? This is very interesting to me. No, once, once I get it reviewed by Pete, I actually will then um, input it into Builder's Trend. Okay. We implemented Builder's Trend not too long ago yep. to help our company grow. Um, it's, it's an amazing tool. Um, I'm still learning it at yeah. this point because there's so many different aspects of Builder's Trend. Um, but the actual scheduling part, I got it down pretty much to a science now. So not only with me putting that on there, our actual trade partners are actually able to go in there and view the schedules. So at that point in time, once it's up there, I will actually update it weekly to keep those trade partners in the loop. And I actually can schedule them to come to the job through Builders Trend without even having to pick up the phone. Very cool. So let's let's talk about brass tacks. Let's get right down to like the nitty gritty of the job site. What do you think is like the most important thing to actually hitting this? Once you've started the job, you've got that schedule out there, you've got all your trade contractors can see it through this cloud-based program. What what is in your mind is like the key to like actually making it come true? Um, the most important thing for me would probably be um, to fully understand the job as a whole and okay. the communication with the client and knowing the client, knowing the type of personality the client has. And, you know, every, every client's different. So every client needs a little bit more TLC with certain parts of the job. Some, you know, are a little bit more concerned about the dust, 
Some are more concerned about, you know, the excavation outside. Some don't care at all and they're never home. <laughs> all they want is weekly updates. So, you know, once, you know, you understand a job and, and the client, um, you want to you want to know your trade partners and knowing how long each trade partner takes. You know, you may have three different electrical uh, sub partners that you use, and they all right. might take a couple more days and you know than the other. So once you once you can understand your trade partners, and you have a good re working relationship with them, it, it really helps your your scheduling significantly. Because now you know, okay, well this guy takes three days, and I can get that you know the next trade in on the fourth day. And it really makes you your your scheduling aggressive, so you don't have days or two days in between each trade. You're actually one right after another, one right after another. Okay, so in my conversations with clients or current contractors all over the country, one of the things that I'm trying to get them to think about is what I'm calling front loading schedules. In other words, the end of the job is always chaotic, and it feels like jobs like stuff is just getting left to the end and so i've been telling them you know push as much as you can to the front i'm hearing you use the word aggressive i think you've used it eight or ten times already in the few minutes that we've been talking can you define a little bit about what you mean by making a schedule aggressive and that way maybe our listeners can can uh, get an idea of how that looks when it when at amiano and son so back, you know, even before I was with Amiano and Son, I would um, lackadaisically put a schedule together. <laughs> okay. Just say, okay, this will take four days. This will take, I'll be guessing at how long each trade takes, you know, just by, you know, the norm. Um, and then I would end up having two days where the job's sitting idle. And, you know, the homeowners don't want to see that. And, and once you get to the job's end, you know, it, 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 you end up running around like a chicken with your head cut off. <laughs> right. Um, and, and then there's always these, these miscellaneous things and you think it's going to take a day. Now you're a week over schedule. Everybody's mad at you. The owner's mad. The, the client's mad. And <laughs> you try to alleviate all those headaches, you know, and the most important part when, when dealing with these trade partners and, and the subcontractors is, you know, making sure when you're doing your schedule, not only are you doing your schedule, you want to make sure it's done, you know, in the, in the most timely and efficient manner as possible. That being said, you can't really just the scheduling parts, just a portion of it. You got to make sure all your materials and all your permitting, everything's ready. So when that subcontractor steps on site, there's right. not waiting for material, you know, where it should have been a three day rough and it ends up being seven. You know, that's when I say I'm trying to be aggressive. I want everything there to get it done as fast as possible and not have any lag days in between. Keith, this is fantastic stuff. I have a couple questions. Uh, you mentioned the materials showing up. What do you like to see? Do you want 100% of your materials in possession? And follow-up question to that, one of the biggest uh, schedule killers for me was damaged or wrong materials. So. How important is vendor relationships, and, and how do you cultivate that? Uh, vendor relationships are huge, um, especially the turnaround time on damaged material. Um, that's one of the things I see, you know, in this industry. You know, depend, it doesn't matter who you're using. It just seems to be there's always things 
uh, especially dealing with cabinetry. There's a lot of stuff that comes, imperfections, nicks, scratches. You know, sometimes it can be fixed on site. Most of the time you're waiting on it. And, you know, with the turnaround time of some of these, you know, the, the higher end cabinets and stuff, you're waiting three or four, five weeks. And sometimes that puts you in a bad predicament. So um, we, we, we use a system, it's an IOU system. So everything is completely finished. And so most of the time our, you know, the stuff is already received that you're waiting on and finished by the completion date. But for any reason that it's not, we have um, uh, paperwork that we, we either fill out or it's on builder's trend, it's an IOU form where um, you can actually, you fill it out, say we were missing a cabinet door, um, you can actually just, you know, it gives it gives the homeowner a peace of mind mm -hmm. that we're not just off your job site and leaving you with a dinged up door. Yeah. You know, <laughs> once that door comes in, we'll schedule a day, we'll come out, you know, put it back in, put the new knob on, and we'll sign off on the IOU, and, you know, the job will be complete. That's so this great. is actually an IOU to the client. Correct. And, and just like a way of reassuring him that you're not walking off and, and leaving everything. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's really, that's really cool. That's a new, a new idea for me. And so I'm, uh, I'm really glad you brought that up. So what does it ever occur? And, and I, I know your boss a little bit, uh, but does it occur where sales makes a promise that you feel like is unattainable in terms of schedule? And, and how do you deal with that? I think that's one of the challenges that a lot of companies face is in the sales process the salesperson, typically the boss, um, says, you know, we should be able to finish by July 31st or something like that. Do you, do you run into that or does, how does the company deal with that? Uh, just to make sure that you can actually hit these schedules. Um, so first off, we, we work hand in hand, um, with the, with the sales end. like, you know, once they hand me off the, the, the job folder, it's not like they just walk away and turn their back and say, here, you finish it. So like, okay. we're always, and we're always making sure everything, you know, is copacetic, the client's happy, you know, we're both, go, you know, making trips out there. Um, but as before in our, you know, your first question, I think you noted about, um, you know, the process of when I get involved in a job, um, mm -hmm. noted when we do our office review, Mm-hmm production manager and sales team to discuss the schedule timeline for all our jobs, this right. alleviates that problem. So okay. when making a completion date, we always give extra time on a job for unforeseens that could occur on a job. So that being said, say, oh, you know, say the job should take five weeks. We may put our job completion at seven. Um, that doesn't mean that the, the, you know, myself or any other project manager has all seven weeks to get the job done. Mm -hmm. But if the homeowner thinks that you're, it's a seven week job and you bang it out in five, you know, um, it makes, it makes you and your company look, you know, stellar. That so is so we just, we just, you know, put in recently, you know, because of these, these little issues that arise instead of giving somebody an extension letter or, you know, so, you know, anything on that. So that's, that's fantastic. I, I, I think it's so critical that I call it realism. You know, I, I call it just being realistic about what does it really take to do remodeling? And then I think the challenge for a lot of companies is uh, for the project manager to, uh, 
actually stay aggressive as opposed to saying, oh, I got a couple extra weeks. So I think that's one of the challenges that companies face by kind of putting a little bit of that extra time in there. Absolutely. All right. So you mentioned earlier uh, in the conversation that you're looking at the schedule and updating it every week. What are the kinds of things that you run into that you feel like are plausible reasons for changing the schedule as you move through a project? The first thing that comes to mind is um, inspections. Um, sometimes, you know, in certain towns now, they, you know, they inspect, you know, every other day past the full moon, you know, it's not, <laughs> some of these townships, I mean, you, you know, they inspect Thursday, Tuesdays and Thursdays from nine thirty to one thirty. you know, and there's one guy. So you're, you're constantly waiting on, you know, and you don't know this because every single township is different and every, every different job is different and you might not have the same inspections. So, you know, sometimes you're, that's the biggest problem with, with losing days, you know, or an unforeseen, unforeseen, you know, you pull up a subfloor and, you know, it wasn't in the contract that the subfloor is completely rotted out the second layer. And now you have to pull up all, you know, the three quarter plywood and, you know, and redo it. So these are the, the biggest things. Um, other materials not coming in, you know, a cabinet not being the right cabinet and it was on the sheet and, you know, it, there's a lot of different little things and it's not really the big things, you know. Okay. Um, the only other big thing I would try, I would probably say is weather. Okay. When you're doing an addition, weather could play a huge, I mean, you can lose, I think I lost already almost five weeks on one job due to weather because of snow and ice. Yes. Yeah, it's particularly a problem in places where it gets really cold and there's snow uh, because it's very unpredictable. I know you're part of the world. It's very unpredictable. Some parts of the country, they know it's going to go down below freezing, you know, the first of the year. In the Northeast and even, you know, in the New Jersey area, you, you might have a 60-degree day or three or four in January, and then it goes down to below freezing. It's very, very hard to tell uh, and predict what's going to happen with that. So as we move ahead here, um, like customer satisfaction. So let's just kind of see what the connection is here for you in terms of customer satisfaction and either finishing up on the day that you predicted, or I think maybe the idea of, of, you know, pushing the schedule ahead. Have you got some kind of uh, reading on like what clients think like when you finish early? I think you alluded to this, but maybe we can have a little more conversation about it. So um, we implemented something, you know, I believe, I think right when I started here three years ago, we have uh, weekly tracking um, meetings with the client, which is a weekly one-on-one -on -one meeting. Um, throughout the entire job to maintain that communication between Amiano and Son, the project okay. manager, and the client itself. And at that point in time, you know, we ask several different questions. You know, you go over what's going to transpire for the whole week, um, any questions or concerns from the client, so we can address it at that point in time. Um, if there's any questions or problems with the trade contractors, if there's any questions for sales or design, um, and, and my comments for that week to the homeowner, um, 
at the bottom, you know, there's the what payments do next and okay. what data collect it. So they already know at the beginning of the week when I'm collecting that check, whether it's at the end of that same week or the next week. Um, I will sign that sheet and also the client will sign that sheet. So now that sheet gets turned in to our production meeting on a Friday morning. So now not only do I know and the client, our whole office knows as well. So now production manager and the sales team and the designer knows everything, you know, on that job. So not at the end of the job, you know, when the client, oh, well, yeah, I was mad about this or mad about that. <laughs> it, there's nothing hidden no more. There's no, there's no unforeseen with the client, you know, and it really does keep a real good relationship. You know, that the, honestly, the schedule is important, but having that client relationship and, and, and working with the client to make them happy and doing the little things, you know, that might not seem a lot to somebody, but it might be a really big deal breaker with this client. And, you know, sometimes you just have to, you know, go over and above as a project manager to make these, the clients happy. Oh, that's so fantastic. So as we're wrapping this thing up, Keith, we really appreciate your sharing some of your real world experience with us. If you could kind of drop one little golden nugget on us here, what might that be in terms of uh, project managers and not only making schedules, but actually I think probably more importantly, completing them on time. What, what do you think might be the one thing that would make it happen? I think I hit this before. Um, it's really, it's really the communication between everybody, between your trade partners, between the client, between your sales team. It, it's just communication is key in this industry. And if you lack communication, everything else is going to be a landslide from there. That's so fantastic. Thank you very, very much. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Well, Keith, for me as well, I want to thank you for being on the show, on the Tim Fowler Show. We wish you continued success at Amiano and Son. We look forward to having you back on the show in the future. All right. Thank you. Take care. Thanks. All right, Tim, I got what I needed. That was awesome information. Answered a lot of questions. What did you think? So I very impressed. I thought Keith was great just uh, being able to share with us a lot of different information. I brought it up in the conversation, but he kept using the word aggressive. Mm -hmm. And uh, I love that concept with scheduling because if you don't take it seriously, uh, it's going to fall apart. And he mentioned at one point in his life, he was a little more lackadaisical about it. He's learned to be more aggressive and really uh, emphasize what he needs um, out of that experience. Yeah. Well, once again, we would like to thank Keith Blows for joining us. And we want to thank you for listening to another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. And remember, we're helping the bottom line through production training. This has been another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com slash consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.